0: Guess who's back? Back again. Boss Ross, tell a friend on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. So it feels like it's been a minute since I've been a part of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. Actually, quite frankly, took last week off needed to recharge the batteries got some exciting news on the show front here to tell you at some point but today's episode we're going to get into a lot of things that quite frankly I didn't get to get into last week and that I will want to get into talk about this week so I just don't know where to start other than I've got a lot to talk about and a lot of things that I've got to get off my chest so welcome to the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. Of course, I am Boss Ross flying solo yet again. As uh, I just talked to Jorge before I started this, the Don, the J-Man, Don Jorge, you know, because he goes by four aliases. I still tell me he's got four passports, four separate lives. I don't know. I feel like I'm watching a Netflix documentary talking to this guy sometimes. Just (laughs) Just kidding, brother. Um, That being said, this is the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. You can find us at WabamEntertainment.com, and of course, you can find us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. So, my goodness, we have not one, not two, but three pay-per-views upcoming, or I should say two pay-per-views and a Impact Plus special coming up all within the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to actually touch base on all of them because I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to go in depth with all of them. So I'll just talk about what I do know that's happening, uh, of course, in the realm of WWE, AEW and impact. I'm also going to touch on Bray Wyatt. I'm going to touch on Bobby Eaton because I didn't get to talk about it on the last show, because of course this is the return show for the week. And quite frankly, I just want to have some fun. I know this is not the (laughs) power of positivity episode, which I realize actually, I don't know how that came across because quite frankly, I just felt like doing it. I don't know if uh, perhaps I should be doing that more often. I also want to very briefly, and I promise you that it has purpose. I want to briefly touch on not only the lost art of promos, I want to talk about the lost art of baby faces, and I want to talk about the lost art of simply just getting it when it comes to a pro wrestler. Now, for those of you that have listened to this show for any length of time, for those of you that know me personally, you know that I've never been a pro wrestler, and I know that a lot of people. They have these podcasts and they either have experience in the business or they've worked in the business or they've booked in the business or they've actually wrestled or they have been in and around the actual confines of some form of pro wrestling, whether it's on the indie scene or for a major company. Uh, I have not worked any of them. I am a fan and I know that that does not always lend credibility, but The bottom line is that for those of you that do listen to this show, you like it because you're as passionate as I am, and I want to come across as somebody that loves talking about this stuff, even when it frustrates the hell out of me, because again, deep down we're all fans and we all just want to enjoy our time having wrestling be the escape that it's supposed to be. So I've got a lot to cover, so I'm I'm probably just going to go bullet points here, and if I'm kind of all over the place, quite frankly, I know it's probably not going to be as organized as we we usually are on this show, but quite frankly, there wasn't a show last week, and so I just want to get to everything that I want to cover. I will first start with the sad news that happened not that long ago, which is the passing of Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton is probably one of the most respected competitors, maybe in all of pro wrestling. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when we've had certain people pass in the business, you know, you talk to your friends or your promoters of the people, or they tell, you know, stories about what they remember about the guy and everything like that. And that's all well and good because you're supposed to remember the good times when you have the passing of somebody that either, You knew, or that you cared about, or that you spent time with, or all three. And even if you didn't know the person, you can still remember them not only as a competitor, but as a person through other people. The reason why I know Bobby Eaton was very well respected is because not a one person that commented about his passing first mentioned anything about wrestling and then they went into the fact that even though he may not be a name that a lot of mainstream people talk about he is a guy he's one of those glue guys he's one of those guys that would help put people over that would get people a good wrestling match that would bring credibility to everything he did And I remember Chris Jericho talking about it and basically him essentially having the utmost respect uh, for one of the consummate professionals in the business. And that stuck with me because Bobby Eaton is not really a guy that, you know, has a lot of pomp and circumstance or a lot of flair or just a lot of anything. He was a guy on the roster to a lot of people, but when you see, Some of the most respected people in the business have such high praise for a guy like Bobby Eaton. It speaks volumes. So um, Bobby Eaton will be missed. And if you ever get a chance to watch any of his matches, uh, do so. And just appreciate what he brings uh, fundamentally to the wrestling business. So Bobby Eaton, rest in peace. The release of Bray Wyatt had uh, the internet absolutely astir, quite frankly, because it's a pretty big name. Now, here's the thing I will say, okay? I know that a lot has happened with Bray Wyatt. His marriage fell apart. Uh, He had a relationship with JoJo. It was also very quietly released from the company like a while ago. Um, he had children with Jojo. Um, there was some mental health issues. There was the passing of a, a very close friend of his, Brody Lee. And he was on the verge of being fired. And then he has this new gimmick. And He loses control of that gimmick very quickly after a very hot start. And now we're here. Oh, and by the way, he also won a couple of different world titles and it was just start and stop push. So here's what I will say. Um, I don't know how to even comprehend struggle and loss at that level. Because I myself have not been through the levels of struggle and loss that he has been through. So I cannot relate in a way. And I'm not saying that if you can't relate, you don't get it. I'm saying you can't understand if you don't know what that person goes. Look, we all go through grief at some point in our lives. We all go through varying levels of stress. Okay. We all have mental breakdowns we all have physical breakdowns to where we have to tap out I don't mean that in a wrestling sense I mean sometimes in life you just need to say I need a break I need to step away from a situation I need to reset myself cleanse the palate whatever cliche you want to use we all have that moment whether it's work-related, personal-related, whatever the case. So that's first and foremost. However, okay, and again, I am not saying this is an excuse. I'm simply saying the reality of the situation. If you are at a job where you're taking time off all the time, your employer is probably not good, especially in a business that's based on entertainment, drawing power and money. Okay. How is Vince supposed to push a guy that's never there? How is Vince supposed to say, well. I can, I can, I can back everything you're saying. I can back all the different things that are going on, and I'm still going to push you as a main eventer. If you're not there every week, if you're taking months off. Now, again, I understand. Don't get upset with me. I'm simply saying the reality, okay? You take off time because of a very ugly divorce, okay? Which, by the way, WWE ends up having to pay some of that money because that's where his thing is, okay? So they're involved with that. Then there's the personal thing of, oh, your marriage was completely disintegrated because of another employee, which I'm not saying is, you know, uncommon. I'm saying, oh, yeah, another thing WWE is involved in because it's two of their employees. Okay. That's number two. Then you take time off for your kids. Okay. My co-host is taking off time for his kids. I don't hate him for it. I'm simply saying. You're not working, right? Or at least he took off time from work. This is not a job. This is something we do for fun, okay? So he took off time, okay? Then there's mental illness, okay? You're taking off time. Can you really blame Vince for not wanting to push him to the moon? That's all I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that Vince isn't clueless on certain things because because I had this discussion with a friend of mine about mental illness, and that is this. We still don't know a lot about mental illness, but guess what? It also shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt 100% of the time. There's a give and take relationship there. So. Bray Wyatt's gone from the WWE. Guess what? The WWE will still exist. It will still be fine without Bray Wyatt. Is it a lost and a missed opportunity? Absolutely. Are the things WWE could have done differently? Absolutely. Are the things Bray Wyatt could have done differently? Absolutely. It just didn't work. It's not, well, Vince doesn't get the character. That's a very small drop in a very big pond or lake or ocean or whatever cliche you want to use for that. It didn't work. And guess what? If Bray Wyatt goes to WWE or Wyndham Rotunda, whatever name they're going to use for him, guess what? It's going to be another former WWE guy going to an AEW roster. And oh, yeah. So in theory, it's going to help both parties. But once again, now they've got two shows and they've got all this talent and they don't know what to do with all of it. It's actually a little infuriating. Because they truthfully do not know what to do with all their talent. Oh, let's just push everybody. That doesn't work. Let's push all the young guys. That doesn't work either. Let's push all the old guys. That doesn't work all the time either. This goes into another conversation of the fact that WWE, I've said on numerous occasions, has like seven main eventers and they never actually commit to upper mid-tier feuds that don't involve belts because belts mean everything and they mean nothing. I'll get to that in a minute. I just wanted to put a bow on the Bray Wyatt thing, which is, again, is it a missed opportunity for everybody involved? Yes. But guess what? Bray Wyatt could take some time off. And guess what? He could be back in a year. He could be back in six months. You never say never in the wrestling business. And guess what? If I'm Bray Wyatt, I don't go to AEW. Unless that's just an itch you need to scratch and you want to go and work for a bunch... you know. If you want to pull a Daniel Bryan and work for a bunch of different companies, which, by the way, Daniel Bryan has still not been confirmed to have been signed. If you want to pull a Daniel Bryan and just wrestle all over the world, great! I hope that works for you. I really hope it does. Whatever you do, I hope you take the time to get whatever you need to get done. But it's not going to be with WWE right now. Here's another guy, Braun Strowman. You know what I see every day on Instagram from Braun Strowman? Him being happy. He got released from a $1.2 million contract. And guess what? Life goes on. I saw a video today where he's like, I forgot about some of the simpler things in life. Maybe I was bloviated with being famous and being on TV, which by the way, you shouldn't be ashamed of doing, but he's like, I got to appreciate something cool today and remember the little things again. And guess what? Adam Schur, Braun Strowman is loving life. If he never goes back to wrestling and he's happy, good for him. I'm happy for him. Loved him as a competitor. If I ever get a chance to meet him, I'll shake his hand and say, I respect you, sir. You brought joy to my life as a competitor, and you seem like a decent human being, and I'd love to talk to you about life, not about wrestling, about life. And the same goes for a guy like Bray Wyatt for probably a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people that think he's a really cool dude. And by all accounts, he seems like a really smart guy that gets the wrestling business. That wants to make it better, not only for himself, but for everybody else. Because when everybody else is having a good time and enjoying themselves and performing and everybody makes more money, which I know is not the end all be all, but hey, who doesn't want to make more money? Guess what? The wrestling business ends up being better for it. So whatever he does, if he pops up anywhere, I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll be great fun. So that's that's Bray Wyatt for you. All right. Now, (laughs) I feel like I'm on a roll here. Now, as for... A couple of other things I wanted to talk about on this show. For those of you that don't know, I was super critical of the Roman Reigns heel turn when it first started. Super critical. In fact, I downright hated it for a few months because I never got to hear the money promo of why he did it. I never got to hear it. And it still kind of bugs me to this day because it's such an easy pro wrestling thing to do. And they just didn't commit to it. Which is unfortunate. So it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that just, that just bugged me. However, After watching SmackDown, after watching the matches, after watching the promos, after watching the television segments, it's one of, if not the best thing going in wrestling right now. It just is Roman Reigns just gets to be Roman Reigns for better or worse. That's who he gets to be. And guess what? I realize this is really limiting what he is, but it's the best term I can use for what I'm about to say. He's got the best hype man in the business. You want somebody to advocate for you. You want somebody to talk for you. You want somebody to make anything you do more credible, more legitimate, more impactful, and instantly better Paul Heyman. He's got Paul Heyman. It's Look, I could talk for a long time about the the greatness that is Paul Heyman. There are times where you, you honestly just need to sit back and just enjoy what is going on. I feel like sometimes, and I'm not meaning to throw Jorge under the bus here. I put that as a caveat because I'm putting us both under the bus here. There are times where fans or people are simply just overly critical about very auxiliary things. I'm fully guilty of it. There are things Jorge talks about on the show that I'm like, you're really worried about that. Or there's things that I talk about this show that Jorge is probably like, you're really concerned about that. And I'll make my point and I'll advocate for it. But it's 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 legitimately the best thing in wrestling right now and all they did was let roman be roman and let paul talk for him that's it that's all you have to do and he's got his family with him and it hasn't been watered down and they've taken every feud bit by bit And it's made him stronger, but it hasn't made a whole lot of people a lot weaker. Because guess what? When you face off against Roman Reigns, you are the main event. You just are. You just are. Now, I'm going to pivot because I'm going to talk about this later because it's one of the smartest things that they could do given what they have. Look, I know, I know that people are very critical of Roman Reigns' work. Okay. Oh, he's boring. He has a Superman punch. He does this, you know, same old stuff every match. Okay. Let me tell you something about Roman Reigns. He may not always cut the great promo, although he's getting a lot better. Plus, he's got Paul. Name me an instance, name me an instance where it was Roman Reigns' fault that a feud sucked. I'll give you a second to think about that. Okay. Now, now that you've thought about it, let's talk about the one you probably thought about. Brock Lesnar. Except I'm going to challenge you on that, because even though most people think they wrestled about 17 times, no, they didn't. And as much as a couple of those matches were booked very weirdly, at the end of the day, they were exactly what they needed to be for the most part. It's not Brock's fault if you think it sucks, and it sure as heck isn't Roman's fault that you think it sucks. In fact, at the end of the day, most of you that are critical of that feud are probably like, "Damn, I wish we had Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns feuding right now because it would work." Can you imagine heel Roman Reigns versus babyface Brock Lesnar? My goodness, that would work. And Paul's involved. Perfect. Paul would be terrified. Brock wouldn't have to cut that long of a promo. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. It'd be like a heavyweight fight is what it would be. That's what it would be. Oh, Lordy. I I just, so the, so the reason I say that is because I am so excited for the return of John Cena at pay-per-view. For those of you that chanted Cena sucks because you really didn't like the guy and you were really bored of him. I ask you again, throughout most of his career, is John Cena the reason why a feud sucked? I'll give you a minute to think about it. Oh, wait. The answer is no. You know what John Cena does? He comes out, he draws, draws cheers, he draws booze. You know what else John Cena does? He wrestles a damn good match for exactly what it needs to be. You know what else John Cena does cuts a great promo. You know what else John Cena does? He makes me care because anything John Cena does is instantly more credible. Not a lot of people have that right now. Roman Reigns has that right now, and they've got to take advantage of it. So what do they do? Well, they first teased it was going to be John Cena and Roman Reigns, and then they were like, nah, we're not going to do that because they know that's what you want. And then they're like, we'll give you Finn Balor. And again, I have nothing against Finn Balor. He's a great competitor. I still have problems with his match at so at, uh, at the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar and the finish of that match and the fact, unfortunately, that his career got derailed because he got hurt like so many other competitors. Finn Balor is not John Cena. And I know, Ross, that's not fair. Of course it's not fair. There's nobody in this business that's that's like John Cena. There just isn't. There just isn't. I mean, literally, the only thing that's better than what's going to happen at SummerSlam is if they have the rock in their back pocket and they save it for WrestleMania. Because rock Roman writes itself. It just does. Man. Man. What a hyped WrestleMania match that's going to be if that happens. I'll tell you what, though, this SummerSlam, you bring two guys that instantly make things more credible and put them against each other. Fireworks. It's going to be a blast. It's also I'm I'm actually going to take a hard pivot now because guess what another one of the best things going on television is Baron Corbin now when they first did this gimmick my first thought was oh boy this is transitioning into Shawn Michaels down on his luck has to get help from the dastardly JBL gets back up on his feet And there's your redemption story of him. Finally, just he's had enough. However, Baron Corbin is committing to this gimmick. He lost his crown. He's down on his luck. He's losing all of his money. Nobody recognizes him at the building. He's wearing shirts with stains on them. He's being fined for dress codes that he can't pay. He's lost his identity. And he's not supposed to be booed. He's not supposed to be cheered. You're simply supposed to observe because you see they're not ready for the redemption story yet. They want you to just observe. Because again, the wrestling business is about getting people emotionally involved. Okay. I may talk on this show a lot that I am much more logically inclined on certain things, and perhaps I'm not emotionally inclined on certain other things. Or vice versa. And Jorge is probably more emotionally involved on certain aspects and not as logical as he probably should be. And even he would admit that. That doesn't mean he's not logical. I'm saying there are things where he will go overly emotional to make his point, whereas I will go overly logical, which at times does not work. So the point is that Baron Corbin's character is not supposed to be doing anything. He's supposed to exist. And that's where they want you until they're ready to get you hooked. And I look forward to the story. They're doing a great job pushing it. The last thing I wanted to, to, uh, to talk about character wise was uh, this thing they're doing with Elias. Where he burned his guitar. He's starting over. Let me tell you something right now. I hated the drifter character in NXT. Elias, the drifter was awful. I hated it. It was boring. He was just a dude. And then he just showed up on Raw one week as Elias, the drifter. And I was like, oh God, this is not going to be good. This is going to die in like two weeks and he's going to be lost and all this other thing. And then guess what happened? He started coming out and singing. He started cutting promos. And then he would turn heel on the fans and he would get his heat. And it was great. And then they turned him babyface, and the fans loved it. And then they said, no, that's. That's not good enough for us. We got to turn him heel again. He's getting over too much. There was the infamous promo with Kevin Owens in Seattle about the basketball team. It was supposed to be a complete throwaway one-liner, and the crowd turned that into this epic thing that went on and on. It was, it was, it was brilliant. Now, notice what I have not said about Elias. I've not talked about his wrestling. Like at all, which sucks because actually the guy's pretty freaking good, but you would never know because legitimately he was a gimmick instead of a wrestler with a purpose. So now do I want. Elias to come out and just be, you know, a random creative character on WWE 2K21? No, I don't. Whatever they have cooked up for him as a character, I want it to be good. I want it to be different. I want it to focus on him as a wrestler. And by the way, it's not like they have to be worried about him cutting a promo. The guy's pretty good at cutting a promo. Again, they just have to make you care about him man that's a guy okay you know who you know who Elias actually reminds me a lot of like the wrestler it's going to be a weird comparison for those of you don't know who this is it's actually the guy currently known on NXT as LA Knight Eli Drake okay Eli Drake is not the most credible wrestler in the world. Neither is Elias, but they're both very solid. They can both cut a hell of a promo because they've got confidence and they've got swagger. And yet, their wrestling ability is almost overshadowed by the fact that it's it's just their gimmick. That's all anybody sees is their gimmick. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of the LA Knight gimmick, but I at least get to watch Eli Drake perform. The guy's great. Loved when they made him the impact world champion. Loved when they had that whole run. That's fantastic. So Elias, you burned your guitar and now you've got to find a new purpose and a new role. And I'm excited for it because actually it'll mean that we get to talk about him as a competitor and not just him as a gimmick. So, well, I got through a lot there, and I haven't even talked about these three shows. So let's get to that real quick. Actually, not real quick. I feel like just talking about it. Now, there are three shows coming up. We have uh, our SummerSlam preview and prediction show next week. We may even talk about some all out on that show. The one show we're probably not going to be able to talk about on that show unless I bring it up, which maybe I'll have to make a point to bring it up next week. The uh the show Emergence from Impact is uh is taking place on Friday, August the 20th. So that is so again, the SummerSlam show is taking place on a Saturday this year in Vegas. So emergence is taking place on Friday, the 20th. So a week from tomorrow from, from recording this, it will of course be taking place at Skyway studios, which is home base for impact as they are not uh, back out on the road as, uh, as in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, as of this moment, there are three matches announced. It'll be Josh Alexander defending his X-Division Championship against Jake Something. Uh, for those of you that don't know anything about either competitor, Josh Alexander came into Impact. He and Ethan Page, now of AEW fame, they formed the tag team known as The North. Um, they ran roughshod over their tag team division. I believe at one point I even called them the best tag team in wrestling. Uh, for that time period, I'm pretty sure I stand by that. Although the Usos were really good at that point. The New Day were actually really good at that point. FTR was a really good team at that point. There's a couple others. But uh, you, if, if anybody's listened to this show, you know how I feel about tag team wrestling. It's a lost art, and it's something that uh, needs to be made more of the forefront. I'm not saying main event pay-per-views unless you got four main eventers, and it makes sense. Um, or if you have a really good storyline. I'm not saying it needs to made event WrestleMania. I'm saying it just needs to be an important part of the show, which means you have to have talent, and you have to have teams that people care about. And on top of that, they also have to have good good matches. I mean, it helped that the WWE had the Hardy's, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian carry that division and they had some iconic matches, but those were not, you know, full fledged tag team matches. Again, all I'm saying is make people care about tag team wrestling and they'll care. If you build it, they will come. The Field of Dream game, the Field of Dreams game for Major League Baseball, Yankees White Sox. It's taking place in Iowa from a movie. There's magic there because of a movie. I'm just saying, if you make people care, they'll care. So Josh Alexander is facing off against Jake Something, who uh, has been a solid hand on the impact roster and... uh, This whole thing is they're just having Josh Alexander just run through a bunch of different opponents, which is something I always loved when it comes to booking, make a guy the champion and make him beat people that have different skill sets and different abilities. And he beats them all great way to get somebody over and get them ready for a world title run, which by the way, at the end of this, as if he isn't already, Josh Alexander is the main eventer for that company. He just is. And if Ethan page was still there, he would be too, instead of being lost to the AEW roster, which by the way, I'm very happy that he's really happy with AEW, but he's, but I mean, it's not like Ethan page is going to be their world champion. Josh Alexander might be the impact world champion at some point, uh, but Russ, it's AEW. uh, He's probably making more money and more notoriety. and is happier. And it doesn't matter about championships. You're right. Championships and money are not everything here absolutely right just making the point that josh alexander is still there and he's in a higher position than ethan pages in aew that's, that's that's fact so so that should be a fun match for the impact uh, x division championship we've got a three-way tag team match for the impact world tag team titles because the only thing this company knows how to do is do multiple tag team uh matches for the titles So it is the Good Brothers who recently won the titles at the last pay-per-view. They are defending their titles against Violent by Design, the ex-champions. So that'll be Joe Deering, Rhino, Diener, or Eric Young. And then the third team in this is uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Should be fun. I presume the Good Brothers are probably going to hold the titles until whenever they decide Kenny Omega's losing the, uh, the, the Impact World title which at this point I have absolutely no idea when that's going to happen because they're doing this forbidden door thing with like new Japan and AEW and impact and NWA where like, they're all talent sharing and they're all working on each other's shows. And I'm pretty sure one of the companies in Mexico is part of that too. I want to say it's AAA, So like they're all working together. So like, Kenny Omega is not really on their roster, but he's their champion. But because it's a talent share in this forbidden door thing, I mean, he could be their champion for a year. I have no idea. I just figured because AEW is going back out on the road, they would want to take the title off of Kenny Omega because he's got to be wrestling, defending his AEW world title. I guess that's not the plan. So I presume the good brothers are probably going to retain in a fun triple threat tag team match, but we'll see. Kenny Omega is going to be facing a battle royal winner for the Impact World title, and uh, that battle royal is actually happening tonight, so I will actually have an update for you on uh, that front, although I think I think there's already a spoiler on that. I think I already know who it is, but it'll be verified after tonight, because I, I, I saw a rumor about who it's going to be, and I, I have no idea what their plan is so the battle royal winner is going to face kenny omega at uh at this show on the 20th at uh, skyway studios emergence and uh i'm I'm sure there'll be some other matches announced um for this show probably probably on tonight's impact because it's the go-home show for this uh for this special event on impact plus by the way impact plus if you've uh, if you wanted to check it out and you're a wrestling fan i suggest you try it out so it's actually it's actually got some good stuff on it so if you if you wanted to check it out i absolutely endorse it if it's uh if it's something you want to check out when it comes to uh impact so that's what i would do so that is Emergence. Again, not much to uh, report on as there are only three matches. There'll probably be some more um, coming from there. Also, if, if, if I didn't mention this before, I'll just mention it again. Uh, Kira Hogan's contract is up with Impact Wrestling. So her and Tasha Steel's had their falling out. They, of course, dropped the tag team titles. And uh, as of this moment, I don't think she's working anywhere consistently. She might be taking some indie dates. But that's about it. So who knows? Um AEW's division could use her if they saw value there. Um NWA would be an interesting spot for her too. Uh I I do not see her going to WWE though. No. I just I just don't, especially with the state that division's in right now. All out is the AEW show that is taking place at the now arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, so basically Chicago. And, uh, of course, uh, this show is rumored to have the appearance of one CM Punk, which again, nothing's confirmed yet because they're probably waiting for that show. So, uh, the only three things that are booked as of this moment because uh rampage starts i believe tomorrow or they debuted it last week it's one of the two i forget now my weeks are all all over the place the only three things they have booked as of right now uh kenny omega is facing christian cage for the aew world title there's a women's casino battle royale which uh, I, I don't even know if they have the competitors listed. I'm looking here, and I don't see it. And then um, Pack is wrestling Andrade El Idolo in a match that is probably going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. So Kenny and Christian should, should, should probably be very good pack and andrade el idolo should be a wonderful wrestling match i don't know if there's actually going to be story involved but it will probably be a great wrestling match and the battle royale will be a battle royale because everybody knows how those go so um again once we get oh no here you go the debut episode of rampage here you go oh here you go perfect okay so Rampage starts tomorrow. And Kenny Omega is defending the Impact World title against Christian on that show. And then he's wrestling him for the AEW title at all out. Interesting twist. Scott Damore doing some great things with Impact. It's all the little thing on Impact where he and Tony Khan were being chummy. Look. I agree that it's opening up some opportunities for AEW to really try some things when it comes to, well, quite frankly, when it comes to just utilizing talent, it's fantastic. But I don't know if it's going to really help any one company more than the other. And maybe that's the point. They're not really trying to help each other. Or maybe they are. But they're, I mean, they're all going to benefit a little bit is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make. Who knows? So, again, that is all out. Once we get closer to it, I'm sure there will be more matches. And, uh, yeah, go from there. By the way, so now AEW has Dynamite, Dark, um, Elevation, and then Rampage. And then there's also BTE being the elite. So there's Dark and Dark Elevation. So Elevation is the YouTube show on Mondays for AEW. And then Dark is their Tuesday YouTube show. And then. You've got AEW Dynamite, which is on, let's see, so Dynamite's moving to TBS, so it's Wednesdays, and then Rampage is on Fridays. That's a lot of wrestling. Like, a lot of wrestling. But, I mean, I get it. WWE has Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They used to have 205 Live. That's a lot. And then if you check out NWA every week, if you check out impact every week, that's a lot of wrestling. Like I don't, I don't even have time to watch all of it. Like I, I I get bits and pieces of a lot of it, but that's a lot. It's a lot of, it's, it's, it's oversaturation is what it is. But I said this, I said this before, AEW is going to have all this talent, They're going to have to have two shows and they're going to need to treat those two shows separately. I get it. It's the debut episode, like your champions there, all that stuff. Look, I'm not saying we need to have a dynamite champion and a rampage champion. That sounds dumb anyway, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to have two world champions and basically have two separate rosters. And if they do it right, That'd be very interesting. Very interesting. Then you could have the Dynamite Show do certain things, the Rampage Show do certain things. You know, talent shares within those different things. They could tour differently. There's a lot of possibilities. Then you're the, then you're competing with yourself. Lots of opportunities. That's all I'm saying. And finally, we've got SummerSlam which is taking place on the 21st, which is a week from Saturday. It's happening at the Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada, a.k.a. where the Las Vegas Raiders play. And um, I'm not going to go into some of the changes that have happened. All I know is that uh, I would be very upset if I was going there live. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Well, Ross, um, your opinion on the matter doesn't really matter. It's it's, it's other people. Well, you know what? Quite frankly, um, I was in Vegas a few weeks ago. It was great. I had a great time. And I would not have a great time if I was to be there now. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. Now, do, do I think this show is going to be, has, has the potential being great? Yes. Glad I'm watching it from home. That's all I'm saying. So I will not go deep into the matches. I will simply just talk about what is announced because next week is the preview and prediction show for SummerSlam 2021. So the seven matches that are announced as of this moment, as of this recording, and SmackDown's going to ruin it for me although we still have one more week. So maybe there'll be a match added that I get to actually preview and predict because I'm only up one in the categories. Only up one. So these seven matches that are presently announced, Sheamus and Damian Priest for the United States Championship, Uh, Edge and Seth Rollins, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship, The Usos versus the Mysterios for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, Lashley and Bill Goldberg for the WWE Championship, Roman Reigns and John Cena for the WWE Universal Championship, and Nikki Ash in a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I went backwards from the list. So obviously the main event is going to be Roman Reigns and John Cena, but this is here's here's something. Here's something that you can take away from this show. We've got two world title matches that either are very polarizing or you're very much invested in. You're going to have a, a tag team title match with probably some good wrestling in it and you've got two women's matches that are at least going to be entertaining you've got an upper mid-card feud in Edge versus Seth Rollins you've got the repackaged Sheamus against Damian Priest this has a lot of potential this show has a lot of potential I can't say that about all WWE pay-per-views but this one looks to be looks like it's going to be a good one the promos that are being cut The in-ring stuff that's being cut right now, I'm liking a lot of it. And they've got an opportunity to come out of this show with some momentum, some needed momentum on this show. I just hope they do what they need to do to get this done. So again, that was a very brief overview as next week will be the preview and prediction show, but I wanted to end today's show with this. I recently watched some old promos from WCW. There's a channel on YouTube. It's I think it's like old school wrestling promos. And the ones that always draw my attention are the WCW ones, particularly from about 96 to about 99. If you want to say 98, that's fine. But like that whole era of WCW during that time where like they could almost do no wrong until about late 98, maybe even early 99, you know, mid 96 to about, you know, early 99, that company could almost do no wrong. So the reason why I bring this up and, and even then, you know, there's some old flair promos on there and some old Piper promos on there, not from WCW, but this is, this is the point I wanted to come across with today to end the show. And that is less is more. I'll, I'll give you some examples. Okay. So I said, flair, I said, Piper, I'm going to focus on two individuals in particular of promos that. Yeah. Sometimes they were long, but they immediately get your attention. So I'll start with the first one. That's Scott Hall. Scott Hall was basically doing his razor Ramon gimmick and got around it because he was Scott Hall. He had always had his hair that way. He had always done the walk. And so it wasn't really gimmick infringement. It was just kind of, you know, Hey, we changed his clothes. We changed some of the things he does. And even though, and it's also part of the gimmick. So, but here's the thing about Scott Hall. Scott Hall didn't always talk. Okay. But when he did talk, it was very, very specific. So, of course, he would always have the infamous survey says, which everybody loved, and he got in trouble for a few times, and Scott Hall's tremendous, but Early on in the NWO days, right? So Scott Hall came out from uh, from from the crowd and cut that promo about, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Okay. And uh, I got a friend coming next week. And then I got another friend coming. And the three of us are going to turn this entire company upside down. And you're going to watch us do it. And then they did it. But the main reason I'm drawn to Scott Hall a lot of times when it comes to promos is because he's an imposing figure and he, he, he's, he's the guy that you want to love, but then he does something. You're like, oh, I hate your guts. And then once you start hating his guts, he'll start doing stuff that you love. He's like that. He's like that friend that you always want to give that 10th chance too, and they always blow it but then you're like nah I know this person I'm gonna give them an 11th chance and they blow it again or he's he's that okay for instance I used to coach I used to coach there were some players that I've coached that had immense talent and I was always like the light bulb's going to go off one day and they're going to get it. And every day I'm going to push them and every day I'm going to hope that light bulb goes off. And with some of the players that I coached, it never went off. And I feel like I failed them because I never got them to fully buy into not only what I was trying to get out of them, but they never fully bought into who they are. And I'm not saying Scott Hall didn't buy into what he to what he was talking about. What I'm saying is he got emotion out of you every single time he cut a promo. That takes talent and that is missing in this business. And most importantly, because I talk so highly about him as a character all the time and I will not ever stop talking about the greatness that is Hollywood Hogan. I know Hogan was not considered a great worker nor should he be, but you know what? That doesn't mean he's not one of the greatest workers in pro wrestling history. When that man was Hulk Hogan, he was adored everywhere. He went, he's the Hulkster Hulkamania is running wild. And then he turned heel. He turned his back on everybody. So, I say all this because Hulk Hogan became Hollywood Hogan and turned all of the, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, all that good stuff, work hard, achieve anything you want to this schmarmy heel who surrounded himself with a bunch of guys and said he was the best and, you know, worked his way around being the best and talked a bunch of trash. And guess What? Hogan's another guy that got emotion out of you every single time he cut a promo. Like for instance, there's this one promo. He comes out. It's after it's after uh, it's after a match against Roddy Piper. Okay, Piper beats him at Starcade. It's not for the title, but Piper beats him at Starcade. What does Hogan do the next night? He just comes out and says, "I, I kicked Roddy Piper's ass." Now, obviously, you couldn't say that, but I beat Roddy Piper. I'm moving on with my life. I'm still the champ. What's he going to do? He's going to go back to Portland, maybe make a movie or two, even though Hogan was making movies at the time. Hypocrite, of course, because that's what heels do. So then he and Bischoff are just bloviating about, oh, well, the NWO's on track. I didn't lose a match. Did you watch the pay-per-view? You didn't? Well, then it never happened (laughs) because this was. This was still the early days of the internet, right? So unless you watch the pay-per-view or unless they covered it on the show, if you didn't watch the pay-per-view, you didn't know unless somebody watched the pay-per-view told you or unless you found out somehow it, information was not as readily available as it is today. So Hogan could come out and just be like, yeah, there was a pay-per-view last night. I won. I still got the title, don't I? Yeah, that's right or another instance where he's cutting a promo about how, you know, Kevin Nash is just this horrible guy. Cause he's breaking away from this group that he helped start. And that, you know, he's got all these guys buying into his BS. And if you follow, if, if you follow Hollywood Hogan, you're gold. And guess what? He had a point. Cause like, Here's the NWO with all these ham and Eggers, basically, and they're all standing by Hogan. He's got a point. None of these guys would be in the position they're in making their money that they're in without him. And Nash got greedy and decided, oh, I don't want Hogan in charge. I'm tired of making all this money. I'm going to be the top dog of this other group because Hogan wanted to get sympathy even as a heel, and he knew you were still going to boo him, even if he was right. That's what I'm talking about again, a lost art. Okay. Everybody thinks, Ooh, the NWO were a bunch of cool heels. Yes. And then they weren't because not only did they win all the time, they won and rubbed it in your face and then said, I don't want you as a fan, but I'll take you for your money. Because they don't really care about you. So if you cheer them, you're an idiot. Which is the greatness of the NWL Until, of course, it got watered down. But I mentioned Hollywood Hogan. And I could mention about 10,000 examples. But Hollywood Hogan got emotion out of you with every single promo he did. Whether it was an opponent. Whether whether it was Ted Turner, whether it was you know people that had people that had done Hogan wrong, you know people people that were in Hogan's way. Ugh, I'm the world champion. Oh, you're in my way. Well, you're trash. It's a lost art. A lost art. You know why? There's not another Hulk Hogan running around. You know why there's not another Ric Flair running around? And I could go into Ric Flair promos too, but I just singled out Scott Hall and Hollywood Hogan because it's promos I watched. and I wanted to talk about it. Those guys are few far in between. You know why Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock are so great? Because they're once in a generation guys. They just are. John Cena. He is a once-in-a-generation guy. He just is. And there are plenty of great talents out there. There are. But guess what? I don't know if we've found the next... Look, I still think AJ Styles is, is, is the best wrestler on the planet. He's probably once-in-a-generation when it comes to ability. But he can't cut a promo every week that gets a reaction like Hollywood Hogan does. Of course not. And that's not AJ Styles' fault. Those guys are few, far, and between of everything they say and everything they do has impact. You know why Chris Jericho is doing the labors of Jericho? Because everything Jericho does matters. That's why he's great. That's why he's one of the best. Regardless of how he looks or what you think of him or his body of work, guess what? Chris Jericho is still one of the most relevant people on the wrestling planet. Fact. Those guys don't grow on trees. They just don't. And look, I'm not saying Roman Reigns is going to become that next guy. But right now, he's must watch. He's must see. You have to pay attention to him. You have to. And that's what people don't get in this business a lot of times. Is when you have talents like that, that get eyeballs to your product with everything they do. You got to milk that for all it's worth even if it means at times the fans feel like it's shoved down their throat because once it's gone they'll realize what they're missing did you hear the reaction John Cena got when he came back everyone was absolutely thrilled when he came back you know why because he's a big freaking deal And everything he touches adds credibility to it, whether you like him or not. So the art of the promo, the art of making people care, the art of conjuring up emotion, real emotion. It's few far in between. And when you see it, got to appreciate it. Now, again, I can talk about you know, great work rate and great psychology, which I love and great tag team wrestling, which I love, which is why this business is something that I like following and like being invested in because there are so many things I can get involved with and like about it. And there are times where I need a break. There are times where, you know, there's more bad than good in my opinion. Guess what? I can leave and come back because it's still going to be there. So at the end of the day, business has got to get better when it comes to finding talent that makes everything more important and must see because that's the next step. It really is the next step for this business. I'm going to get off my soapbox for the night, as uh, that was me talking about a lot of things that I had on my mind. I'm sure there will be many more. Maybe I'll have to take another episode like this, where I just talk about what's on my mind. So you can find this episode and every other episode on WabamEntertainment.com. You can also find it at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. I did get a note from the J-Man. You follow him or actually you should follow us on our Instagram page at the Double Turn Podcast. It's almost been three weeks or three weeks. It's almost been three months since his appearance on the show. Next week for the preview and prediction show, the J-Man is coming back. I am very excited to say the least. Because uh, although it's been fun doing these shows, I've missed a couple. One was literally technical difficulties last week. I I just needed a break. Plus, there was some other stuff going on. Regardless, I don't need to apologize for myself. The point is that next week is the SummerSlam 2021 preview and prediction show. And it will have a co-host along with me. I'm very excited. He says, hello. To everybody listening, he uh, he appreciates all the positive messages he got during his time off, but he is back next week, the return of Don Jorge. So we'll talk SummerSlam next week. I'm sure we'll talk All Out next week, and uh, I'm going to make sure I talk some, uh, some impact next week as well. Hopefully, I get that snuck in there as well. Um, and, of course, if there's any breaking news or anything that happens, We will be sure to talk about it as well. That is going to do it for this installment of the show of the double turn wrestling podcast for the J man. I'm boss Ross, and we will catch you or I will catch you on the flip side.